The quote that got everybody buzzing, I'm concerned every single day. I don't enjoy the 4th of July. I don't enjoy the Democratic National Convention. Didn't enjoy the NFL draft. I'll be happy when I'm not mayor and I can enjoy some stuff. Welcome to Pennsylvania in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely, General Manager of America's Talking Network. Pennsylvania in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get this podcast so you never miss a new episode of Pennsylvania in Focus. Now here's your host, Alan Wooten. Thank you, Cole, and welcome to the Pennsylvania and Focus podcast, powered by the Center Square. I'm Alan Wooten, Managing Editor at the Center Square Newswire Service. Pennsylvania in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can find all of the Center Square's great podcasts at americastalking.com. We are recording on Thursday, July 7. I am joined today by Dan McCaleb, Executive Editor of the Center Square, and Anthony Hennon, our Pennsylvania reporter. Dan, how are you doing today? Doing well, Alan, now that we uh, were into July, um, seems like the summer is going to fade away quick. It is, uh, I I would dare say, maybe dog days already. Um, Anthony, great to have you with us. How are you doing today? I'm good, Alan. I'm good. We uh, we've got a full slate. We've got tax revenue, bridge tolls, an unhappy mayor, downtown Pittsburgh, uh, all in the news. Not to mention some marijuana and beer. So let's jump right in. Pennsylvania revenue collections are running six point two billion higher than what was forecast last August. That's six point two billion with a B as in boy. Dan, when you see this kind of calculation, uh, consider the planning that has been ongoing. How does the shift in what to do uh, happen? As as Anthony's story points out, uh, this is not likely to be repeated in the future either. Yeah, I guess my take on it would be is is to approach it with caution. Um, of course, uh, at the center square, we cover, in addition to Pennsylvania, we cover uh, the, all 50 states across the U.S., and many of them, most of them, in fact, are seeing elevated um, uh, revenue compared to earlier projections. One that has to do with um, most states are conservative when it comes to estimating what their revenues are. They don't want to overshoot uh, their revenue estimates and spend uh, additional money because um, uh, it, you know the market can change quickly. The economy can change um, uh, quickly. Um, so my, my thought is, um, uh, of course, the U.S. overall and Pennsylvania specifically experienced a recession in the first quarter. We're now in the third quarter, and we'll get GDP and gross domestic product information uh, here in the coming days. If um, if we see negative growth uh, in the second quarter, um, uh, that technically uh, that means we are in a recession, and who knows how how that will last. So yes, it's nice um, for Pennsylvania to see um, uh, this. This, this increased revenue, but that's likely not going to be there, um, at, at least not in future quarters. So be cautious with that, the decisions you make um, when you want to spend that money. And Anthony, I mean, you, you pointed out, I mean, they're, they're not expecting this to continue, correct? Yeah. Um, when, when you look at where, uh, where a lot of this is coming from, um, most of those gains are coming from corporate net income taxes and then uh, personal income taxes and sales and use taxes. Um, so this was basically, you know, rather than people pulling back during the pandemic, uh, you know, some spending increased, um, leading to some uh, tax revenues coming in more. Uh, so the, I mean, the independent fiscal office who was uh, evaluating these numbers 
Um, they're already, you know, they're expecting that to contract uh, fairly heavily, especially with um, inflation running so high in recent months. Uh, so, you know, th- this is a nice flash in the pan. Um, this caused some uh, some political squabbling because, you know, when you see a budget, uh, you see numbers like that. Uh, the Democrats want a higher budget. The Republicans are still kind of cautioning it. Uh, so we're, get- we're getting some more political considerations as a result of this. Uh, but, you know, it's a it, it's great to see. It makes uh, Pennsylvania avoid a budget deficit. You know, we can throw some money into the rainy day fund. Um, but, yeah, th- this is unfortunately this is not a permanent shift um, to booming a state economy or anything like that just yet. And with, yeah, and with the potential for a recession <clears throat> that can um, lead to elevated layoffs, certainly not what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic when Pennsylvania and, and other state governments across the country, um, you know, had stay at home orders in place, closed small dis- businesses that government officials deemed non-essential, et cetera. So we won't be seeing those kinds of numbers, but during a recession, you generally see increased unemployment. So that means a lower income taxes for one. It also means those who go on unemployment rolls have less money to spend. So you'll see a decline in sales taxes. It it, it generally affects multiple um, uh, tax revenue um, uh, components. So cautious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Another story that we were looking at this week, uh, and actually we've been following for several weeks now, uh, Anthony shared with us the possibility of tolls on nine Pennsylvania bridges has uh, perhaps died now. The The Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania ruled the plan was not legally valid from the beginning. Anthony, is it dead? Can it be revived? Uh, in its current form, yes, it's completely dead. Um, there's no, uh, it, it's dead and buried. There's no hope of bringing that back. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, PennDOT clearly was disappointed about this. Um, you know, they had always been ar- arguing that their process was clear. You know, this this was not an issue. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like they're still going to be pushing for bridge tolling. Um, you know, maybe in a future plan. You know, who kn- anything can happen. It might rise up again as a viable option. Um, clearly, the process will be uh, very different um, to avoid situations like this. Um, but their focus was, you know, there, there uh, have been no other options here for phasing out the gas tax uh, being proposed by the legislature. And they're kind of pushing for something here to change because uh, the Commonwealth relies so heavily on state and federal gas tax revenues to fund um, highways and bridges for building, for repair, for maintenance. Um, so, you know, as a. Uh, as it stands, uh, the plan is dead, but, uh, you know, who, who knows what will happen in the future. Um, all we do know is the way the uh, plan was pushed um, and trying to get this through, it's not going to happen again. And, and one of the things we're seeing in Pennsylvania, but across the country, too, is is, is gas-powered vehicles um, are more efficient, um, get more miles per gallon. Of course, um, there's a push um, for more electric vehicles. Um, um, of course, if you if you drive an electric um, vehicle, depending on if it's a hybrid or not electric vehicle, you consume uh, a lot less or no ga- gasoline. Um, so per- the purchase of gasoline, even though prices <laughs> are elevated, um, slightly below five dollars a gallon um, in Pennsylvania, um, as efficiencies increase in gas gas powered vehicles, as more people purchase electric vehicles, um, the gas tax revenue is going to decline. So that's one of the reasons uh, this came up. But as I under uh, understand it, 
um, local communities where these tolling tolls were going to be added to these bridges weren't given um, uh, the opportunity for input because the plan wasn't uh, fully in place. Um, is that right, Anthony? Yes, essentially, um, the uh, PennDOT came out with this plan um, announced and their, uh, I believe it was the, the board or the committee approved it, um, but they approved it before they actually named uh, the nine bridges this would affect which violated a uh, requirement for them to get local input from these townships and these boroughs uh, where it's directly affecting them. And that kind of that, that's kind of the death knell here for the plan of not making sure you're checking all the bases, essentially getting through all those uh, boxes. Just one other point I, w- I want to make the Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania turnpike, which is separate from these, these bridge tolling plans. Mm-hmm. I, correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony, but I think it's the most expensive uh, interstate system in the world, not just in the U- U.S. It, it, it can cost upwards of um, more than $100 traveling across the turnpike from uh, the uh, western side of the state, for example, to the eastern side of the state um, on the turnpike alone. And there's been a lot of motorist complaints about that. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I, I think that also, you know, if if the turnpike were not there and people weren't dealing with those tolls, um, the bridge plan may have gotten some more support. Uh, but I think, you know, just the the, the high cost people are already paying, that kind of pushes them over. Uh, the edge into opposing plans like this. Yeah, nobody wants to uh, go down the road and get that surprise toll. I mean, those, those just aren't very fun. So anyway, all right. Another story that we were looking at is uh, Jim Kenney is the mayor of Philadelphia. He's uh, he's 63 years old. He was first elected to a city office at the age of 32. Uh, that's a long time. That's almost half his life. And uh, I'd like to share his words with each of you and uh, just let you guys give me your take. Uh, the, the quote that, that got everybody buzzing. I'm concerned every single day. There's not an event or a day where I don't lay on my back at night and look at the ceiling and worry about stuff. So everything we have in the city over the last seven years, I worry about. I don't enjoy the 4th of July. I don't enjoy the Democratic National Convention. I didn't enjoy the NFL draft. I'm waiting for something bad to happen all the time. So it's, I'll be happy when I'm not mayor and I can enjoy some stuff. Dan, Anthony, break this down for us. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, so this, uh, you know, this came uh, right after um, on the 4th of July, down on the Benjamin Franklin Parkway, there was a major celebration. Um, but then two police officers were injured, um, in a shooting incident. Um, at first, you know, uh, people were thinking this was, you know, someone actually down at Parkway shooting into the crowd or something like that. So people started running every which way, getting away from it. Um, it appears now that it came from a celebratory gunfire where someone just shooting up in the air and the bullets coming down happened to graze two Philadelphia police officers. Um, but you know, the mayor was speaking after this around, I think midnight, 1230, uh, and, you know, very visibly frustrated, um, stressed with all the events. And so that's, uh, I think that that's where it was coming from. Even a reporter after, uh, Kenny, uh, made that statement asked, you're not looking forward to, you're looking forward to not being mayor. And he responded with, yeah, as a matter of fact, um, a day later, you know, Kenny followed, uh, this up saying, you know, it was a stressful time. Uh, you know, I don't I don't hate being the mayor, um, you know, trying to concentrate on kind of the the human toll of being in a position like that. Um, the problem with this is 
you know, Kenny's been criticized for a while now about just not seeming to be that involved with um, what's happening in the city, not looking like he has much of a, a vision for the future or how to improve the problems in the city. Um, so him coming out and saying something like that, um, it's just, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back here and forcing uh, some council members to call for him to resign. Um, I think, you know, Kenny's visibly frustrated here, but I think a lot of people in Philadelphia are frustrated with the Kenny administration and, you know, the rising murder rate, um, you know, economic issues. And this is just, uh, you know, it, it couldn't come at a worse time for him, I think. Yeah. And these were some heavy, heavy comments. Yes. Um, and they did come at uh, what I can understand would be a stressful um, time. But sometimes comments you make during those stressful, uh, stressful points in life, you, you ring more true than um, comments you make that are prepared, that are planned. Um, so I think this was, a, I, personally, I think this was a moment of honesty from the uh, mayor and I applaud him for, the, for, for that. But at the same time, if I am a taxpayer in the city of Philadelphia, you do have to question what his desire is um, to be the leader of one of the nation's top cities that is, as Anthony, as you um, uh, pointed out very well, is facing a number of problems. Um, is, is he equipped um, to continue being mayor, to making tough decisions, um, uh, to providing leadership that a city that clearly needs it? So I really think at this point in time, he needs to consider what his options are and for better or for worse. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not certainly here, not calling for his resignation or whatever. But I think he he needs to take time for himself and really think if he he should be um, mayor going forward. Refresh my memory, and I think he's got two more years uh, on his current term. Uh, yeah, well, about about a year or so. The next uh, mayoral election is coming up um, in 2023. So he, you know, he's. Uh, I, I don't think many people will be sad to see him go. Um, a question of if he would resign early or uh, wait for the election is another thing. Yeah, and he, he is term limited. Uh, election coming up in 2023. Uh, but but also he was elected on each time, uh, his first time and his second time. He got 80 percent or more of the vote. And so that just really resonates that, that there's a possibility that, that People are that upset with him now. I mean, eighty percent is huge, Dan. Yeah, and and, and you know, particularly in these particularly um, volatile times, you had you had COVID nineteen um, that you had to deal with. Um, you've got this. You, you, you had this hyper partisanship um, that's occurring in U.S. politics. Of course, you had the recent Supreme Court decisions um, um, that have been controversial. You you wonder when someone opens up like that, like Mayor Kenny did, um, how many elected officials feel the same way? Um, um, We at the center square, uh, uh, we strive to hold elected officials accountable, particularly when it comes to taxpayer spending taxpayer dollars and, and taxing um, the residents. But these aren't easy jobs. you got to remember that these aren't, you know, particularly with what we've gone through with COVID and, and some other things. It, it's He's got a stressful job. I mean, he's leaving a major city. But, um, Dan, I agree with you. I, I think um, uh, there are times uh, in our lives where the real truth and how we really feel uh, is really coming out. And um, I don't know. I mean, I 
I don't think he would have uttered those words if they weren't really within him. Uh, that 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 would be a take I would I would take hold to. So, Anthony, any final thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I would just also add. You know, you look at uh, Kenny's large uh, vote margin there. Um, you also have to remember, uh, city of Philadelphia, the Republican Party is basically almost non-existent. Um, they almost won the ma- the mayoral race back in. Uh, was it 2004, I believe, 2000? Um, you know, you kind of every so often you get these reform efforts and you get a, a weak candidate and a Republican can make a challenge. Um, but, you know, generally these uh, these political battles are worked out within the Democratic Party during the primary itself. Um, so, you know, those are high numbers, but I would not uh, take that to mean overwhelming support for Kenny as a uh, as a candidate. Good point. Fair enough. Very fair enough. Let's move over to Pittsburgh, which... Um, that's actually what a lot of people there want us to do. Uh, if COVID-19 has taught us anything, uh, we know that working from home is uh, the new 21st century way. Uh, that's changed life for, for many. Uh, and for some of them, it's changed it permanently. Uh, Pittsburgh has empty spaces downtown. They're hoping to change some business areas to residential. Dan, is Pittsburgh unique in this approach? Uh, I, it's, I, I feel it's a unique and it's in its approach where it's looking to convert, for example, um, high-rise office buildings um, into um, residential areas. Um, but it's certainly not unique in that downtowns of major metropolitan cities are seeing increased vacancies um, in what the what used to be, you know, high-rise office buildings or whatever. As you said, COVID has changed a lot at the, at the center squares. I mentioned out, not just in Pennsylvania, but in um, in other regions, we're seeing things like commuter rail services that, dream, that, that, that deliver suburban residents who work downtown but live in the suburbs. Ridership is way down. People, while well, yes, it's not as bad as it was um, in, during the height of the pandemic in 2020. There have been there has been a slow return to the office spaces, but many experts are saying it's never going to go back to pre-pandemic levels. So it's it's probably a good time to start um, looking at these vacant office buildings and uh, what to do with them. I don't know if if, uh, if housing is the answer, because um, Anthony, I'd like to get your thoughts on that because it's not like this; these would be converted into affordable housing for low-income residents. Um, they're in high um, uh, business areas, and that generally means the property is more expensive, um, etc. Um, but what's your take, Anthony? Yeah, so I think uh, you know that, that's that's the goal here. Um, this is you know the city is looking to spend about two million dollars in funds from the American Rescue Plan Act on this plan of of converting more um, downtown office space into residential units. I mean, the goal here is affordable housing. Um, this is, this is one part of what they hope to be a nine million dollar effort coming from the county and also from the state to increase affordable housing in the city. Um, but when, when you uh, I mean, I, I think there, there's some clear it makes sense here on the level of if you want viable um, public transit, you need to make sure there's housing around that transit. So people aren't only using it to commute into their jobs and they leave um, just because just that model within the American city, uh, you know, you're not getting a lot of uh, fare box revenue collections from that. So if you want people to use public transit, if you want to make it more economically feasible, you need to make sure and encourage um, housing and development around those stops. Um, but when we look at what some other cities have done here, um, affordable housing in downtown is very difficult, especially with these office conversions. Um, Washington, D.C. has probably been the uh, the biggest leader 
um, in the U.S. as far as cities trying to convert um, offices into apartments. Um, in 2020 and 2021, there's almost 1,100 of those conversions um, in D.C. Uh, but when you dig in and you look at um, you know what what they've drawn out from this, uh, most of these office conversions they're not really happening downtown. They're happening um, in farther out areas or areas right next to residential neighborhoods. Um, partially because you know it's che- it's cheaper that way. Um, it's a little easier to do um, the way these buildings were built. They're easy to easier to convert. Um, but there, there's a lot of barriers here um, just because office space tends to have higher profitability compared to multifamily residential conversions. Um, a lot of these office vacancies, they're not just in one building. They're spread across several buildings. So it's hard to take, you know, 10, 10 office space in a 100 uh, unit building and only take 10 of those into you know residential rather than office space. Um, there's also a lot of housing regulations and building codes that restrict what you can do. Um, I mean, anything from, you know, window types to, uh, you know, the size of elevators. Uh, so a lot of these things get funky. Um, some older buildings, it's actually a little easier to convert them um, into residential units from office space. Uh, but when you're looking at what the, uh, what the most financially feasible uh, conversions are, it tends to be more uh, luxury housing or more uh, higher price housing being converted from office space into apartment units. So, you know, the, the goal of affordable housing is admirable, but if we're trying to build more affordable housing, um, it's probably an easier route, both financially and um, regulatory, to just build new, uh, new uh, apartment units rather than convert them from office spaces. Yeah, there's no doubt that this is <clears throat> this is complicated. Um, it, it's it's refreshing to see that 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 at least government um, uh, is talking about different ideas, trying to approach uh, uh, problems, what have been problems, with different approaches. Now, of course, you're talking about spending taxpayer dollars um, on this plan. Um, so uh, and. and because it ha- it doesn't happen very often, who knows if it's going to be successful or not? But sometimes taking risks um, is worth it. But I guess we'll, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out if it even happens. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, what what makes Pittsburgh interesting in this role is <clears throat> Pittsburgh has a fairly strong history of you know pivoting or being more more open to innovation and more experimentation like this. Um, you know they they've been a big leader with uh, autonomous vehicles. Um, you know, they, 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 Pittsburgh, uh, is more willing to try a lot of things compared to Philadelphia. Um, you know, a plan like this in Philadelphia, I mean, this would take two to three times longer probably. Um, so it's at least nice to see Pittsburgh trying these new things and being open to doing something with all of these, uh, uh, office vacancies, but as part of a huge plan, um, th- this might just be a marginal effect, but you know, it could be something interesting or at least they, uh, could c- consider a cheaper way to fail than uh, just going in with a huge program. And P- Pittsburgh, of course, just to reiterate your point or uh, expand on it, uh, Pittsburgh, known as the Iron City, was a huge steel and iron manufacturing town. When those jobs started going overseas, the city really remade itself um, uh, economically and, and and whatnot. So uh, good point there, Anthony. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see with uh, – the changes we talked about as, as how people, more people work from home now, um, how much 
people would want to be downtown. You know, do they do they really need to be there so they'd be near their job, or do they just want to be there to be there so they're so they're near Permani Brothers and and the the, the ball the ball teams and things like that, or um, just a lot of factors. And it's it's a large equation, uh, no doubt. Uh, but but it's have you a, seen a the pirates? Tour. Have you seen the pirates? Alan, I don't know how many people want to be too close to the. <laughs> Well, they keep beating the Dodgers, so I have an issue with that. So we we, we can't beat them. So. Oh, good stuff. Dan, Anthony, thank you for your insights. That is all the time we have for this week. Uh, there are more good stories on the Pennsylvania page of uh, the Center Square, uh, including a couple we didn't get to related to uh, medical marijuana and also uh, beer distribution in Pennsylvania. So we hope everybody will check those out. We encourage you to follow Anthony's work at thecentersquare.com, where news that matters to the taxpayers of Pennsylvania is always available. This has been the Pennsylvania in Focus podcast, part of the America's Talking Network. Find all of the Center Square's podcasts at americastalking.com. For Dan McCaleb and Anthony Hennon, I'm Alan Wooten. We'll talk to you next week.